Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Wild cards can now be played. FBR confirms their enduro lineup, and Scafi launches his new book. When you put your hat on and climb the board, you absolutely have to be 100% happy and committed to what you're about to do. We look at all that and more today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Wildcard entries will be accepted at certain events in the V8 supercar calendar. A board meeting during last week has confirmed that the change will see existing main game teams allowed to run an additional car if they meet the following criteria. They must be allowing a high-profile driver or exceptional talent a rising star to drive the car. Teams and drivers must be able to demonstrate that they have the capacity to be competitive. Selected signature and or international events are the only ones where you can have a wild card. They must be entered by a V8 Supercar Championship team as an additional car. Applications must be submitted to V8 Supercars Australia a minimum of three months prior to the nominated event and the application must include a detailed proposal outlining the sporting, commercial and marketing benefits for the team, V8 Supercars Australia and the event. A $50,000 bond for non-appearance refundable after the appearance is payable before the application is approved and meeting points will be awarded to that entry, which means other teams could lose points because they finish behind the wildcard driver. Now, the applications must be submitted to the full V8 Supercar Board for approval and there will be no event appearance or prize money paid to the wildcard entries. Now, this would mean the deadline for Sydney this year would be 5pm Friday, September 3rd, which is before the end of the winter break, which would mean that teams would need to be making a commitment of running an additional car before the two most prestigious events on the calendar, Phillip Island and Bathurst, have even been run. Well, one of those prestige events is, of course, the Clipsal 500, and it delivered another estimated $33.5 million to the South Australian economy. Treasurer Kevin Foley said the economic result of the race is continuing to grow despite the global financial crisis and there being similar events staged all around the country. Over the 12 years the race has been running, it's provided a total economic benefit to South Australia of $285.48 million, while the total number of visitor bed nights generated has reached over 713,000. 
Mark Scaife has released his first autobiography, Scaifey, Life in the Fast Lane, co-authored by V8 Insiders and V8X Magazine's own Andrew Clark. It looks at the entire career of Australia's most successful touring car driver. And on this week's White Flag Lap, Andrew Clark reads from the book and talks about how it all came together. Now, V8 Supercars so website is allowing interested suppliers to leave their details for upcoming tenders linked to the Car of the Future project. With many of the components for the new era V8 Supercar being controlled and only available from V8 Supercars Australia, the governing body itself, it's preparing for component specifications right now and finalising them so that they can have stock of parts ready as soon as practicable. Frosty Winterbottom will be joined by Luke Yulden and the Orkin Steel Falcon for Phillip Island and Bathurst, while the Moth will team up with Stephen Richards in an announcement this week. Chad Mercer gets his first taste of V8 supercars at Bathurst this year, with the Formula Ford points leader scoring a ride with Miles Racing. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Tony Wedlock will be along with Peter Norton. Later on, don't forget an exclusive reading from the book of Scaife. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Craig. It's great to be back. And from Race Facts, it is Tony Whitlock. Good evening, Tony. How are you both? Hopefully you're... uh... Well, your break isn't uh, too uneventful and boring. I know in V8 supercar world, it's still going on. And, of course, bikes and cars. We had some great years in the 70s and 80s where we saw those two forms of transportation on the one motor racing program, Tony. And uh, it's coming back together with now Tasmania on the card along with Phillip Island. I think it's a fantastic thing. I think some of my first... uh uh, contact with V8s was back in 94 when the Winfield Triple Challenge was still uh, still running uh, for a couple of years and it was uh, I think some fantastic meetings I love the idea of getting people to come from uh, motorbike backgrounds and, and love of that and they come and watch V8s for possibly the first time or so and vice versa people from V8s and motorsport in general looking at bikes and I think it's a wonderful thing and it's a great uh, crossover and of course Peter uh... People like Russell Ingall for so many years had deals going when they would have, uh, I know Russell was uh, almost, uh, was petrified when uh, the talk was that the superbikes wouldn't be on the program at the Canberra press conference because he's gone, oh my goodness, my Ducati deal. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, lots of cross-promotion opportunities for everyone. And and I think that's really the the win-win in all of this. Uh, that is that the, the superbikes get to 
uh, perform in, in front of a, a, a bigger crowd. And uh, if that gives them a boost along, that's great, because I think they also add a, a bit more diversity and interest to the V8 round. Uh, I had an absolute ball last year at Phillip Island seeing the bikes. It's just amazing how quick they are and, and the skill of the guys. Really good to watch. Well, we have bikes and cars coming together somewhat, but the man who could really be hitting the racetrack in Australia is Marcus Ambrose. Now, most of my contacts over in America say, no, he's he's definitely going to be picked up. He's too good a talent for them to lose. But is the coming back to Australia, Tony, really an option that is viable? Well, certainly would be, but I don't believe he would for a second. Uh, You know, I'm sure that uh, having known a bit of his background that he has a uh, a life where um, it's totally different to what he had in Australia and while he hasn't achieved the ultimate success in either racing or championships over in America, he has achieved more than I'd say any other non-American driver and certainly any other Australian driver in that he has made his presence made. He's, he's earned his stripes over there and financially he's uh, set himself up for life. But I can't see because he hasn't achieved what it should be. I mean, this weekend coming up is Watkins Glen. He's won twice there in Nationwide. He should have won a, uh, a, a sprint cup at Sonoma. Um, he's, he's not far away from it. So I see that certainly he wouldn't have got out of the deal he had unless he's got something else. Peter? I absolutely agree with Tony that the Australian opportunities for Marcus are a really nice safety net to have. And I think that's really the only way you should look at them is that uh, if it all falls to pieces over in America, then he'd he'd be great to have him back. But, uh, yeah, he's built a brand there that uh, will attract lots of sponsors. He's uh, popular with the fans and the media. He really has got the the whole package there because, as we know, it's a whole lot more than just driving a car quickly. You have to be that uh, complete product, uh, and he's got all of the pieces working nicely. And if he can use those to get into a better team, to give him a faster car, um, then the sky's the limit. All the best to him. It's interesting because in our next segment we're going to talk about this, but he's going to come to the end of his contract uh, towards the end of the Australian V8 supercar season, and uh, that might mean he's eligible to do some motor racing uh, outside of the Sprint Cup and the, the Nationwide Series, guys. Yeah, certainly. And, of course, it was last year that um, Brett Murray was trying to put a deal together. Brett, who did uh, PR for for, uh, Marcus for many years, both here and in America, until uh, this year, in fact. And last year, uh, Brett was trying to put a deal together involving Jason Brighton, his car and licence, but it was vetoed by the board um, that they couldn't uh, do it. Now they're looking at changing the rules and so that wildcards would become part of the scenario and that uh, no names and and that would uh, enhance the series and enhance uh, um, things for any event would certainly be possible in the future. Mm. And if they just did that with the Fujitsu series, it'd be the perfect combination because we'd have the Australian names in that series helping develop it and then we'd have the international names coming into the main game to really stir things up. But we do need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders and I'm going to put some scenarios to you which I'm sure you'll enjoy telling me why I'm wrong. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Craig Raffel with you, joined by Tony Whitlock from Race Facts and Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport. And guys, we talked before the break there about the uh, wildcards coming into V8 Supercars, and I don't think any one of us would be uh, disappointed by this decision. It's, it's really a common sense move peter yeah absolutely and i think that at the end of last year that deal that they they tried to put together for marcus ambrose to appear at homebush uh, there are all sorts of uh, you know twists and turns in that one what we have now is a nice clear set of uh, guidelines for people to go and put a deal together uh, and uh, you know it's all there worked out about points and prize money and all of those sorts of things no point arguing about that now there's the rules Go out and organise your international star and let's build the show. So I think it's a great thing. Now, the three-month rule, Tony, as you are uh, an advertising man, it's critical just because of the fact that you really get great exposure over that time and it gives people enough time to decide to travel and go and see things because XYZ is going to be in a car at the race. Yes, indeed. I, I look, the, the only crucial part about the whole scenario is that those 29 licenses that are held by 17 different teams, that those licenses aren't devalued and that the million dollars that each license uh, gets from V8 Supercars as its uh, uh, dividend is that they are enhanced and that the series goes forward with it. Now, you know, they want to get the series back to being a 28-car series or, you know, the absolute ultimate would have been there were 26, but that's not going to happen. There are, there's pressure for, you know, the 30th licence to be uh, uh, sold to somebody, but that's not going to happen. But I think that with a scenario where wild cards can come back for certain races, then I think that that would be fantastic. And yes, it would mean that people will put these events far more on their agenda to do in the future. Mm. Now, the interesting thing for Sydney in 2010, you have a three-month deadline. So I've worked out that at 5 p.m. Friday, the 3rd of September, you have to have your wild card application into the V8 Supercar board. Now, that's before the end of the winter break. When you think about the commitment that teams have to make to get through Bathurst, Phillip Island and the Gold Coast, that's a huge commitment to make before you even know if you're going to have a car available to put a wild card into. That's all feasible, mate. You know, they, they, uh, there's time period in there to uh, build up a spare car and to do the things necessary. It's, it's really the hardest thing for any of these teams to get hold of is a budget to run it. You know, the, the, the metal can easily be sourced from somewhere. Um, you know, the engines, the whole scenario, they can get hold of pickup crews. All that can be done. It's the budget that's needed and the deal. You know, and, and some of these, as, uh, as Peter alluded to before, you know, they're very complex deals. You know, whose name's on the car and, and, and what colours it's going to be and all those sort of scenarios um, that they all have to be done and they're, done, they're the hardest part of the whole thing to be done. Now, Peter, just before we go to Gas and Go, if we have teams with wildcards racing for points, do you put it 
high-profile driver in there, knowing that you're coming down to the race at Sydney, and if you can get your wild card to buffer your leading point getter, you're going to hurt the opposition. Uh, absolutely, uh, and I think it's the only sensible way to to do it. Um, it w- will create interesting dilemmas of, um, you know, do you organise your, your wild card to be a fall guy? Do you get him to run around middle of the pack and just collect the sponsorship money? Um, there's all sorts of scenarios that would uh, pop up just depending on the, the points at that time. And, you know, Marcus Ambrose coming back into the current field, uh, if you use that as a case study, um, it's going to be interesting if he's still got the pace. You, know, you think about the... Uh, uh, almost perfection that we've seen from Win Cup at, at various times. Um, it'll be interesting to see if a wild card could come in and be anywhere near that speed. Uh, I think it just opens up so many options. That's what makes it. We've got uh, a bit of time now until we actually see that first wild card on the agenda, guys. I, I think it's worthwhile mentioning, of course, that any of these wild cards that to be to be allocated or allotted or bought. I mean, you know, the presentation's got to be put together on commercially. You know, who it's going to be and how? Because you've got to put on a fifty thousand deposit in order mm. to do it, which is refundable when you, your car fronts up. But they're not going to accept just any Joe Blow. There's not going to be somebody who walks in from a Fujitsu series who's done half a dozen rounds and says, oh, I want to run the main game. It's not a question of that. So they've got to be profile name people. And there's very few of those. I mean, you look at the 18 guys at surface. You know, there's very few of those guys outside of learning the car and the track that haven't got pace and aren't winning in the series they're doing somewhere else. Mm. Um, so that I, I think it is certainly a, a great opportunity. All right, Gas and Go time now. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X and 4X Gold Ultimate Fan Survey. Now, the questions for you guys today you have to answer. You agree, you are neutral, or you disagree with the following statement. Starting with race faxes, Tony Whitlock. V8 Supercars is the pinnacle of Australian motorsport. Certainly is, and has been for 10 years. Peter. Yeah, agree. It showcases Australia's best drivers. Yes, very few of them have brought their seat in there. Peter? Oh, a little bit neutral. Does not promote motorsport safety enough? Uh, no, I'd say they do, yeah. Um, I disagree, because uh, I think they do promote safety very well. Uh, we don't see huge scary crashes in this category, and we see it in others. Uh, yes. So I think they're doing things good. But I, no, I'm agreeing with you, Peter. <laughs> OK. There should be more overtaking in the sport. Um, certainly in the soft tyre, of course, that, that more events will lead to that. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, more the better, and the good steps have been taken, more to come. Driver skill is more important to technology to you guys. Uh, equal portions. Uh, I agree. I want to see skill, not technology. OK, I think one was neutral and the other is uh, an agree. Pit stops have made the racing more exciting. In most cases, yes. Peter? Uh, I'd be neutral on that one because the, the pit crews become too good. There's not enough mistakes made. <laughs> and finally, Formula One is more exciting to watch than V8 supercars. It is now. Um, but that hasn't been the case beyond this year. Peter? Uh, Exactly the same answer. And that's Gas and Go for another week. Of course, if you want to answer those questions, log on to the 4X Gold V8 Supercar website and take the ultimate fan survey. The white flag is up next, but uh, to both of you guys, Tony and to Peter, thanks very much for uh, interrupting your winter break to join us here on the show. Pleasure, mate.
always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. White Flags up next, where we hear from Andrew Clark, the man who helped Scafey author his new book, Life in the Fast Lane. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, we catch up with uh, Andrew Clark about his new book, along with Mark Scaife, of course. It's Scaifey Life in the Fast Lane. It's available on or through Random House right now. And, uh, Clarkie, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's interesting to see such a detailed book coming out. I guess, Andrew, one of the things uh, about this book is how do you write a book about a man's career when he hasn't finished it yet? I think you start one of these and you've always got in the back of your mind, you know, oh, I could do another chapter here and uh, you've, you've got it planned in your head. I mean, I kind of know where I would slot more, more words into this book because I, I think there's probably two more chapters to finish off this book, um, which can come in five or ten years' time, depending on how many years Mark runs for. Um, and it's a bit like, you know, when we did the racing years with Mark last year, you know, we sat back and, and watched him almost win Bathurst and you're thinking, oh, geez, I'd love to have that in. But then, you know, if you held off then and, and waited to put that Bathurst in, then you'd sit back and you'd think, oh, what about the next Bathurst? And, you know, that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, the major part of Mark's career is over. He's no longer a professional full-time racing driver. Um, and the time was probably right to do it. And, uh, the publisher had been belting down the door to try and get it done and, uh, you know, when publishers belt your door down, it's a bit hard to resist them. We started work on the recordings at that time um, and then we started to put it all together and we worked out as we went where we wanted the story to travel um, and uh, what what stories we wanted to get out there, uh, bearing in mind that there are certain things that, uh, that can't still be discussed in public. Uh, they may yet one day be discussed in public, but uh, there were things we just couldn't talk about. Um, so we really wanted to get in and say, you know, what is Mark's state like? Um, how does how does he perceive himself and show that to the public? And that's that, that was the big goal that we set about doing. And, um, you know, I think we've done it. I mean, I, I've sat back and looked at bits of this when I was doing it. I thought, God, that's good. You know, that's a, an amazing piece. You know, there were parts where my heart was, you know, was ticking away at a million miles an hour when I was writing these things. And uh, that, to me, was saying that, you know, bits of his book, I reckon, are terrific. Um, in terms of if you want to understand motor racing, you want to understand the psyche and the vibe of a bloke like Mark Scape, like, you know, what makes this bloke do a qualifying lap of Bathurst where he needs to be reminded to breathe. Um, you know, and he talks about that inside the book, you know, that he buys himself into Reed Park and, and he's got so much intense concentration that he's just stopped breathing for a bit. Um, and then eventually he has to breathe to come down Conrad Strait. And uh, I think that's quite an amazing thing, to, amazing insight to get. Now, you are going to give us a, a short reading out of Scafey, Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah, I just thought I'd pull out a couple of bits that I found interesting in a sense. I mean, and, and these will tell you a little bit about his, his mindset. Um, they're not the best necessarily uh, you know, pieces in terms of the, the, the story, but they tell you a little bit about him. Um, and, I, and I thought I'd start with that little bit, you know, where he talks about Reed Park. Um, and he says in, in the book, you know, you've lobbed it at the corner and you, you pull out at the end. 
and you've subconsciously held your breath. And if you've climbed on board, you've put your helmet on and you've decided that's what you're going to do, the level of commitment and the courage to do that is out of this world. I always felt I would rather go off the road <laughs> and ruin a lap like that by overcommitting to it than to soft cock it and put my foot on the brake too early. Nothing in my world would be as disappointing as to put, put my foot on the brake on the back straight of Pukka Kelly half a car length early and make the corner easily. I'd be so feral with myself and that would be much more disappointing if I put my foot on the brake two and a half metres too late and ran wide. And, and, and as I say, he goes through these things at times in the book where he talks about that commitment level and, uh, you know, there, there's another part in there where he talks, you know, and I'll see if I can dig it out while we're going, but he talks about uh, that time at Bathurst when the temperature gauge, when he had the bag in the front of the car at Bathurst and the temperature gauge was going through the roof. And he said even if they'd called him in, he would have kept going. He said he would have totally ignored them because he'd rather leave the car a steaming pile of crap on the side of the road than to give up Bathurst like that. And uh, as I say, you know, to me, what I gained in Mark was a greater insight into him and, and, and the drive and the motivation. It is a great read. Scaifey, Life in the Fast Lane by Mark Scaife and Andrew Clark. It's available from Random House coming out this week, and I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy it. Immensely. Yeah, it's a sensational Father's Day present, I think, is the idea of launching at this time of the year. But uh, as I said, there's lots of other little gems in there. You know, you can actually find out how much money he paid for HRT if you read the book, you know, how much money he was paid to take Peter Brock on, and, uh, you know, and then all the other bits where you know he talks about his business and his brand and all those kind of aspects. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can do an update to the chapter uh, after Bathurst this year when he's won the race with Craig Lowndes. Great to have you on the show, and thanks for those couple of pieces out of the book. It's in uh, in all good bookstores and, and probably a few of the bad ones as well because Random House do a great job of distributing. You know, it's a, it's a big, big, big difference. It's a big story, this one, and it's... Uh, and it's a good story, and uh, for me, you know, it's uh, it's opened up a few doors in terms of writing biographies for people as well, which uh, which uh, was something I hadn't really uh, got into in a, in a major way. But uh, I've got another two or three on the horizon at the moment outside of motorsport. So, you know, it's a great thing to to understand the mind of a sports person. Well, I got a feeling Hawthorne Football Club might factor into a few of them as well. Oh, no, it's, it's actually the, the enemy. <laughs> Andrew, great to have you on the show again. Thanks for those you know, couple of readings, and uh, and we look forward to having you back on the Van Insiders very soon. No, it's great to talk to you soon. That's all we have time for this week on the Van Insiders. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.